You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. Right, I'd like to start with an apology. Last episode I forgot to do the reviews of the classic films. No excuse, it just slipped my mind. So this week I will review the two films I was supposed to do last week and they are Pixote, a film from Brazil made in 1981, then a film called Tree Alive made by Terry Malix from 2011. Along with those I've got a few emails, a film I would like to see and a film fact and a Randall recommends. Tell you what, it's lucky I managed to get this episode done. What with the trouble I've had this week? Right, Tuesday morning, I get up, right, go down, mum hadn't done me breakfast. Normally I have a handful of cornflakes, a handful of rice krispies and a handful of sugar puffs. All in one bowl. Lovely it is. I call it a breakfast mix-up. Anyway, mum hadn't done me brekkie like what she normally does, so uh, I goes upstairs to find her, but she ain't in bed. She ain't downstairs. She'd buggered off. Right, and she hadn't taken a mobility scooter with her. So I calls Mr White, my boss, see if he's seen her, but he ain't. So I'll exit down the Aldi to see if she'd gone shopping, but she ain't there. Right, I would have gone to the Asda's, but she's not allowed in there until at least after the court case. Right, it was like she'd disappeared off the face of the earth. So Mr White, who put up a bail, begins to panic a bit. Right, he calls the police, and uh, we got the helicopters out, right, and the divers down the canal... The full works, but nothing. Nightfall comes, no sign. Morning comes, nothing. This goes on and on and on. And then on Friday morning, right, there's this knock at the door. Right, it's a bloke from the council. He's come service the combi boiler. Anyway, he comes in, right, opens the airing cupboard door, right, and gets attacked by mum. Luckily, right, I'd managed to manhandle mum off him, but it was too late. He'd literally shat himself. Not practically shat himself, he had literally shat himself. He had to borrow a pair of tracksuit trousers off me. She'd been in there all the time. The annoying thing was, though, I checked in there a few times. She must have been right at the back, you know, behind the, the old towels and the sick bowl. She's downstairs at the moment, catching up on Flog It and Four in a Bed. Anyway, right on to emails. Our first email is from Peter from Essex, and he says, Dear Randall, I know that this is a film podcast, but I was wondering, what sort of music do you like? Peter Watson. Well, Peter, I'm not a big music listener, but one band I've got a lot of time for is Little Mix. I've got a couple of their albums, actually. Right? I actually went along to the HMV at the Bullring when they released their last album. They were there signing copies of the LP, right? I was queuing up for hours, right? And it was just my luck, right, that when I got to the front of the queue... All of a sudden, they had to go. Do you know something? The same thing happened to me a few years ago with the cause. I hope that's answered your question, Peter, and uh, thank you for writing in. On to the next email. It goes, Dear Randall, enjoying your podcast. If you were deserted on a desert island and were only allowed to take three films, what would they be? Frank Johnson. Oh, that is a good question, Frank. Right. Well, first off, I'll take Avengers Endgame, obviously. Um, that's a certainty, and it. Then probably missing in action two, the beginning. Then probably Despicable Me too, which in my opinion is perhaps one of the most rewatchable films ever made. Thanks for writing in, Frank. Thinking about it, I would watch them. If I'm on a desert island, I would watch them. There wouldn't be a DVD player or a telly. 
there probably wouldn't even be electric come to that. And if there was electric, you'd probably be using it for something more useful, wouldn't you? And if there was a TV and DVD player, there's more than likely a way of communicating so you could get rescued. Do you know, Frank, I don't think you've thought this through, have you? Randall Parker's Film Fact The sound of the raptors in Jurassic Park is actually the sound of two tortoises fucking. Randall Parker's Film Fact Jackson's out there again. He's not staring up at the window at the moment. He's having a piss at the bottom of the garden. And looking at the colour of it, he needs to drink more water. Anyway. Donna, his mum, has moved her fella in. Uh, and I went to school with him. His name's Stephen Wilson. Uh, he was inside a couple of years ago. He was caught in his van, giving his old chap a tug on that patch of waste ground behind the primary school. But uh, for some reason, the judge let him off. About 12 months after that, right, he's caught again, giving it a pull in the grounds of the nursing home. But when he gets to court, he says he's got a weak bladder, right, and he was having a piss. Judge let him off again and warned him that when he's having a slash, anything more than four shakes, and he's in dodgy waters. Anyway, not long after that, it was the incident in the changing room at Primark, and he got 12 months for that. After that, he got the nickname Shaking Stephen. He ain't never been right since he caught his gooch on that barbed wire fence of the school trip back in 1985. Shall we do a review then? Right, so our first film is one from Brazil made in 1981 by a bloke called Hector Babenco. Now the first thing I'll say is it ain't no carry-on film. When I tell you that in the first 15 minutes some kid gets bummed to death, you'll get an idea of what I'm on about. So it starts off with a bunch of homeless kids getting arrested and shipped off to Borstal, and it's fucking grim. Big kids bum little kids, and the guards bum the big kids. If this is an accurate portrayal of the Brazilian justice system, it seems to be predominantly based on bumming. Right, well, our film follows this little lad called Pixote, who gets arrested for bugger all from what I can see. So the first half of the film basically shows old Pixote settling into life in the Boston. A couple of the big kids take him under the wing, right? He makes a few friends and they fuck about taking drugs. And for no explainable reason, they go to a pop concert put on by an inmate who looks like Q off of James Bond. Now, not the old bloke, the young Q, what does Paddington's voice? Anyway, about halfway through the film, they'd get fed up of being in choky, so just climb out of the window and fuck off. Yeah, you heard right. They climb out of the window and fuck off. Oh no, it ain't exactly the Shawshank Redemption, is it? Right, next part of the film follows Pixote and three of his mates as they set off on a life of crime and try to become gangsters. One of them sucks off a black fella who then sells them some drugs and they bugger off to Rio to try and sell them on. They then get ripped off by a stripper who they track down and stab her in the tit then nick her gun and money. Then they buy themselves a prostitute and basically rob the blokes that she shags. Anyway, one by one the gang falls apart and they either fuck off or die and little old Pixote is left on his tod. Now, it weren't boring, but it didn't grip me. I think it was the overexposure to all that bumming at the start and it kind of lost me interest there. I'm going to put this on a par with Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw for the main reason that I would have enjoyed it a lot more if less had happened. 
I mean, after the sixth time you see an Idris Elba get punched in the face, it kind of loses its uniqueness. A bit like the booming in this one. So that was Pixote. Watch that if you enjoy watching kids in boblats sucking on Prozzy's tits. Little Jackson's out there with Shaking Stephen. Uh, looks like they're putting up bunting in a welcome home sign. I don't know why. Anyway, I was talking to Jackson with two X's the other day. Well, I say I was talking. I was talking. He was just staring at me, mouth open, catching flies. I was telling him some stories about his Uncle Mark, about shitting himself at the fair, and that time he was sick at school, right, and they made him sit on a copy of the Express and Star for the rest of the day. Happy times. Now, I'd like to give a shout-out to the guys down at White and Bailey Fabrication, where I work. I'm still on furlough. As I said uh, recently, uh, they've won a contract to supply HS2, and I've had to take on more staff to cope with demand. Unfortunately, they are in areas where I'm either not trained or not allowed to work in. But good news is that uh, due to the contract, they're going to have to move in the next six months to bigger premises, so fingers crossed it won't be long before I'm you know, back down there with them. When I was out on my search for mum, I saw Janice from Accounts in Aldi. Uh, I tried to catch her attention, but uh, she can't have heard me. She must have been in a hurry, cos uh, she left a trolley and not footed it out of the store. Now, I've got something special for you here. Uh, it's competition time. Now, how would you like to win a brand new iPhone 12? Well, it could be yours. How? Well, Dealer Dave is donating the phone and all you have to do is text him and let him know who is peddling gear on his patch. If you guess right, then the iPhone is yours. Simple as that. Just text him the name on 07745318489 to be in with a chance to win. So good luck with that. Now, not next week, but the week after, is going to be my 50th birthday and I'm working on a special episode to celebrate. Now, as I said last time, I'm going to review a couple of classic films from 1971 and I've got a bit of an announcement to make. I've managed to wangle an interview with an actor who has been in two Star Wars films, a Mission Impossible film and the blockbuster film London Has Fallen. That's local actor Doug Foster. Now, he's played a stormtrooper in The Force Wakes Up and The Last Jedi, uh, man in office in Mission Impossible Fallout and fifth policeman in London Has Fallen. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Films that what I would like to see. Right, films that what I would like to see. This time, it's an East End gangster film, The Last Job. So, an East End villain is released from prison after 40 years. But he didn't do the crime, he took the rap for the mob boss. When he comes out, he finds that everything's changed and his old mob boss has retired and his son has taken over and the job he was promised isn't there anymore. So he decides to pull off one job with all his old pals who are now in their 70s using old jags and shooters. Probably directed by Guy Ritchie, having a load of fancy cockney chit-chat in it. So if Guy 
or any film companies fancy taking that on, why not email me? It's randallparker1971 at gmail.com. Films that what I would like to see. You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club. Hi, I'm Ted Wallace. At Wallace Family Butchers, we've been slaughtering beasts for over 60 years, using traditional techniques dating back to the Victorian times. We've supplied meats to kings, queens, lords and ladies, and if you've ever had free school meals, you've probably had our mechanically recovered meats. We like to offer quality food at low, low prices. Our new budget range takes advantage of the lesser known cuts and brings them to your plate at affordable prices. Cuts such as snout, front lips, back lips, bull sausage, back flaps, pig gums, guts, ring hole, rear pipe, lamb's mushroom, forecourt and middle. And the next time you have a barbecue, why not sling on a couple of our cerebellum burgers? The kids will go wild for them. So why not pop along and do your purse a favour? Wallace Family Butchers, just off the high street. Peddling death has never been so tasty. Right, on to our next film. It's one from 2011, and it's by Terry Malick's called Tree of Life. Now, I found this one in a charity shop for a quid. And I can see why. It stars Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain. Now she looks like she needs an iron tablet or two, don't she? Right, it's set in the 1950s in Waco, Texas and appears to be at a training camp for the Moody Fuckers Olympics. So Brad Pitt's is the dad and Jessica Chastain's is the mum, right? And they take it in turns to sulk at their kids. Then there's this half-hour section, which is like a compilation of a Brian Cox programme, a Walking with Dinosaurs and David Attenborough show. But it's like with the sound off. Apart from the odd whisper like, He doesn't like it when she cries. The wind makes her sad. To say it's like watching paint dry does an injustice to watching paint dry. Now apparently when Terry Malick's was coming up with this film, he made himself a set of rules that he would follow. And I think the first rule he must have followed is make a film bereft of enjoyment. I think after watching this, he wanted us to ask ourselves important questions. But the only thing that I wanted to ask is, is it morally wrong to take this film back to the charity shop and ask for a refund? Now, if I had a scoreboard of shit films like Top Gear as for, you know, cars going round the track, this would have knocked Ali Motors off the top spot. And that was Tree of Life. Watch that if you want to lose the will to live. Right, before I go, I've got just enough time for this. Randall recommends. So if you fancy something to watch, I can recommend this. Tango and Cash, Sylvester Stallone and Kirk Russell at their best. They play a couple of coppers who are framed for a murder, but basically kick arses and it all comes out in the wash. Randall recommends. Right, well, thanks for tuning in. Glad we finally got round to reviewing those two films. Looking forward to my 50th birthday episode. Keep your ears peeled for that. 
As always, you can email me at randallparker1971 at gmail.com. I really would like to hear from you. Catch you next time. Ta-ra for a bit. <laughs>